Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, October the 9th. We like to do on Mondays, we'll be chatting with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. One major topic today, and that is what's going on in Israel, uh, the attack over the weekend, the, the war that is apparently breaking out uh, in that part of the world. And then we'll look at the military and political ramifications of all of this. So let me say hello to our friend, uh, Mr. Bill Katz. How are you, Bill? Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm fine. The world is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the first taste of the Israel situation very late Friday night. I, I often stay up late, and I was just about to close down, and then there were these sporadic reports of some shooting in Israel. Uh, in the last couple of nights, I've, I've stayed up a good part of the night because because of the time difference, if you want to get the latest from that part of the world, uh, the latest starts at about uh, 2 o'clock Eastern time here. So um, uh, it has been a, a, an incredible experience. No one ever expected this, at least in the civilian population. Mm-hmm. There is, of course, as you know, a great deal of controversy over why this was not detected, an operation of this size. And that could have many, many answers that will take months to find out. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's going to be, a, like you say, a huge debate in, uh, in Israel, no question about it. Ask you, just bring up a couple of points uh, just to follow up on what you just said about getting the news late at night. We have some church friends right now in Israel. Uh, there's a, there was a delegation from our church that took the trip to the Holy Land, you know, something that many Catholics do. So we have a bunch of friends over there right now. Now, they're okay from what they're saying. Um, they have not been impacted directly by any of this. But their flights to the United States could be impacted. Yes. Uh, so they may stay over there a little longer. So this is, for us, this is not just a news story, but some really close friends of us, uh, my wife and I, are over there. And she has communicated with several of them by, by you know, by messaging and texting and all of that. And there's a lot of concern at our church because of the group that's there. The other thing I wanted to follow up on just based on what you just said about where, you know, getting news at two o'clock in the morning or whatever time you said, where are you getting the news? I mean, what, what are your, some of your choices for getting uh, the information? I'm anxious to hear what you are following uh, directly. Well, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, on television, which was, was the fastest way to get any news story. Uh, there are actually very few choices. It's the 24 hour news channels. Uh, and then you have to sort out whether you want to take them seriously or not. Uh, I, I, I go to CNN because some of their foreign coverage is excellent. They, their domestic coverage is a different story. And I, I'm glad to say that CNN has done an admirable job. They re- I, you know, I'm often critical of them. They've done an admirable job. Fox was very slow to get on the story. Uh, when this began, uh, and, and it, it was obvious it was a much bigger thing than a local event, Fox was still running the repeats of its earlier programs uh, Friday night. Once they got on the story, their coverage was also excellent and is also excellent. I'd, I'd say both are on the same level. CNN has more reporters, but the, the quality of the Fox reporting has been just as good. There is a channel that is uh, on my cable system. It may not be on everybody's uh, cable system that is specific to news from Israel. And I, I got some things there. 
their professionalism is not as high as the professionalism here, but it is legitimate. I mean, they're 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 doing it from Israel. Got some information there. Uh, a- after that, there there's not much. You have to wait until the re- networks have their regular news programs, uh, which would be a long time. But you you I I could go to the internet and get uh, uh, updates from any number of news sources and the interpretations the you know the so-called pundits didn't begin until the next day yeah. but i i'm i'm happy to say that in depending primarily on cnn and fox i think they were both solid yes i, I saw a little bit of fox um, at lunchtime today and, and i thought they were very interesting uh, as well you know what's fascinating to me that i'm still you know i grew up because of our Cuban history, I grew up listening to shortwave radio. Yes. And my father used to listen to shortwave radio all the time. So I used to listen to the news with him on shortwave radio. And it's a habit that I stuck with all these years. Now, a lot of shortwave stations now have been replaced by the internet. So it's not sure. the same the same thing. Those little radios are not as valuable as they used to be. But I remember during the Gulf War, now we're going back 30 years, uh, 1991, yeah, 30 years, that I got a lot of news from the BBC, the BBC World Service. Uh, They they used to do a lot of reporting. And one of the reasons that I used to like them is because they had a lot of reporters on the ground. They, They had reporters just about everywhere in the world. So you could at least get a local report from BBC, and the BBC wasn't as crazy as it is now back then, Bill. Yeah, well, that's the sad, the sad thing. The BBC ha- is crazy, and they are very, very biased in some areas. Uh, many people thought the BBC was a good network because they, they sounded so good, that British accent, you know, and that very serious tone. But actually, the BBC over the years has not been anywhere near the quality network that people think it is. They do just sound good. Uh, on on the Middle East, they're very anti-Israel, and I, you know, I'll, I'll, I try to get the most neutral reports that I can. Um, there may be some foreign outlets. You made a very good point that a lot of the shortwave stations have faded away, and because the internet is so handy, so quick, uh, so much better sound, uh, and so some of the, uh, the there are there are local reports from foreign countries. If you can get some in English, they may be interesting. But yeah. it, de- it depends on what your your uh, your uh, cable service carries. Right. Well, the shortwave stations, the other thing that happened uh, with the shortwave stations, at least my experience, is that a lot of it was the, the shortwave broadcast, a lot of it had to do with the Cold War, you know, the oh, USSR yes. oh, versus yeah. the U.S. And a lot of the channels, a lot of the frequencies had a lot to do with that. So that's why there were so many of them. But now I think there are a few and the reality, the economic reality is they just cannot survive like they could. A lot of countries used to fund, you know, their oh yes, their yeah. world service, and they don't really do that. One thing about the BBC, Bill, this has changed. But when I remember the BBC, when they would start the news on the hour, they had this tremendous musical intro. Oh, yes. Uh, that they've done away with that. And that musical intro was worth <laughs> was worth listening for at least 30 seconds, Bill. Well, they were very good during World War II, provided a great service. Right before World War II, the founder of the BBC had to be replaced. Uh, I don't think a public reason was given, but the 
actual reason probably was that he was slightly pro-Nazi. And that, that you can't go to war against the Nazis and have your right. national broadcaster uh, wearing an armband, you know. Right. So <laughs> it's uh, a little, little, little hard. Yeah, but um, I, I, I was satisfied with with what I saw. I think um, uh, I think CNN was at its best. Thank goodness. Uh, and when they're at their best, they're good. Right. Sa- sadly, when it comes to Donald Trump, they're blind, and uh, the, the quality goes way down. But that's another story. That's uh, I, I think I. I think we're getting a reasonable readout of the news, except some of the things are probably still and will be highly classified. Uh, The question of whether we knew or knew something was going to happen and didn't pass it on to the Israelis is a legitimate question. The issue of whether the Israelis had information but read it wrong. uh, These are things that will come out probably in in history books. Uh, the, the implications of it are tremendous. Of course, it's a tremendous situation. Uh, I'm, the great thing I'm concerned about now is whether the war will expand and Hezbollah come in with its enormous rocket supply in southern Lebanon, which could really devastate Israel. I mean, they would fight back and fight back well. Uh, something that has not been mentioned is what if the thing does expand and Hezbollah comes in and maybe a couple of the old Arab countries that haven't you know, gotten into the modern world? And what if Israel begins to get really squeezed militarily? Do we come in and save them? Or, and I think it's something that has to be brought up, it's very well known that Israel is a nuclear power. Mm-hmm. Would they start using tactical nuclear weapons? And it is not premature to ask that question. No, not at all. Not at all. I think, the, to me, Bill, the biggest thing about this attack was the magnitude of it. And the magnitude of it is what makes me wonder how how could they miss it or how could we miss it? Because you're talking about miss. I mean, there are a lot of missiles here. We're not talking oh, about yeah. ten missiles. This is not some little group, you know, that decided to blow up uh, a school or something. This is a major operation. So just the movement of all those missiles. I mean, if we missed it, if the Israelis missed it, then doesn't doesn't make me feel very comfortable. Uh, because this was a huge attack. I, I don't recall anything like this. Maybe you got to go back to Yom Kippur or the Six-Day War or something like that. Or maybe maybe you remember something else, but I don't, Bill. Well, the what made it so horrible uh, is, yes, you would have to go back to the Yom Kippur War. But the Yom, and in the Yom Kippur War, Israel, uh, through its, uh, uh, the land it captured in the Six-Day War, had its front line in the middle of the Sinai Desert. They gave that all back to Egypt in the peace agreements. This was a direct attack on Israel proper, on the very uh, soil of Israel. Uh, so it was, to the Israelis, far more shocking. Yeah. Oh, it, it certainly is. I mean, it, it, it was just absolutely incredible. And then, you know, there have been all kinds of videos on the Internet. Now, granted, not all of them have been verified. We don't know if it's false, I mean, these videos of kids in cages, I wouldn't put it beyond these people to do that, but I don't think, you know, none of them have actually been confirmed or verified that I know of. So that's what worries me a little bit. I mean, there was one that I saw in particular of these kids in cages, and it was horrific. Yeah. And you just have to say, my goodness, you would do something like that. So that's well, the other thing. Even if you, I fully agree with you, you have to be skeptical of everything you see. And from what I understand, some of the things put on social networks were, were fake. 
Yeah. Uh, but the things that we know happened that have been documented and even photographed, they did happen. When you look at that string of cars outside the music festival, oh. all shot up and filled with blood, that happened. I mean, yeah. uh, and uh, apparently the Israelis have um, uh, film that they were able to get of, of the beheading of Israeli soldiers by oh. Hamas. But they wow. will not. They will not release it. I think they will probably show it to a few reporters. Yeah. But uh, with but the, this the, festival, Bill. One quick question about this was a festival, I guess, going on outside Tel Aviv. I guess it was going. No, on. it was outside, uh, uh, much nearer to Ashkelon, I think. Okay. In in southern Israel, where the where the where Israel meets the uh, the Gaza Strip. Okay, so uh, the, this they, area was more vulnerable, I guess. Uh, than a, than a major city, I guess, because I've heard of farming towns that have been attacked and people have been massacred. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. oh absolutely. So, I mean, it, it, it's just horrific. I mean, the barbarism of oh, these the people. barbarism it's, it's, is just, I mean, yeah. shooting young people in cold blood who have done nothing wrong. Many of them weren't even Israeli. They were from right. other countries. We now have the State Department counts nine Americans dead uh, in, the, uh, in the action so far and cautions that there could be more. Now, one of the one of the questions that people are asking, and I, I don't you know, I don't know if it's fair or unfair, but I'll bring it up. Uh, and that is where is President Biden? That's now, right. He did come out, I guess this would have been Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, and read a statement with the Secretary of State at the White House. And then he's disappeared. Well I guess he went to a party or something, but um uh, but I'll cut him a little slack on that. I understand that that was a party for the White House. Okay, so I'll cut him a little slack on that. But uh, apparently around noon today, Monday, they shut him down. He's not going to speak again the rest of the day. Now, I find that I I'm confused. I mean, you would think that he would give a speech. He doesn't have to give a speech, just read a statement or something saying, I regret to tell you that we've lost some Americans and I want to make sure everybody understands we support Israel Yes, and any attacks on Americans will be, we will retaliate. That's at least you expect Bill. Uh, you certainly do. And I don't know who shut him down or, or whether he shut himself down, but there is an element in his administration uh, and throughout the democratic party that is very anti-Israel. Uh, and it may be they, they felt he, he was too pro-Israel in his first statement. And you got to think of our people in New York and the squad and people like that. And maybe you shouldn't say anything. Uh, I've always felt that he is manip often manipulated by the Obama wing of the party, which seems to be in charge of the foreign policy of the United States right now. And I would not be completely shocked if our backing of Israel cooled a bit in coming weeks. I think that... Uh, you know, and the Israelis are smart enough to know that can happen. Once they get into Gaza and start attacking, there are going to be Palestinian casualties. Well, they're all already. There are already. And I think you will find some of the sympathetic statements get will, got, will become less sympathetic. And then they will be talking about a truce. Hamas has already offered a truce. You know, we've killed everybody that we want to kill. So now let's have a truce. I, I find that to be insulting to anyone's intelligence. Uh, and I'm glad to point out that the uh, commentators I've been listening to have noted that, that it's a ridiculous offer at a time like this. As yes. far as the president goes, I think it is very difficult for us to predict what he will do. 
because he is under the thumb of other people from the Biden administration. Now, one thing that was brought out this morning, and that is the question uh, uh, of Iran's involvement. And our State Department insists there has no direct evidence that Iran was involved, given the fact that both uh, Hamas and uh, uh, Hezbollah has said that Iran was involved and that nobody's really denying it. Uh, and the fact that our, Iran is the supplier of the weapons to Hamas, I don't know why the State Department would be so insistent that they have no evidence that Iran was involved. But there is that pro-Iran element, and it's now under investigation. Uh, one na network did point out this morning that our former negotiator, the nuclear Robert Malley, has lost his security clearance and is now under investigation by the FBI. That is about stories that occurred recently that there is a clique in the administration that has been helping the Iranians behind the scenes. If, well, that, is, if that is true, that's terrible. Well, if, if that is the case, maybe that's why we didn't know about the attack. That may be true. That's you know, a very I, good, I'm just, good point. I'm just, I'm just guessing that, but I mean, uh, an attack of this magnitude, I'm amazed we didn't see it. I think, I, there, I, I think there is an explanation for that, and we, we, we will demand to know it. Right. And I'm sure that this is going to also go into the political arena. Oh, yes. Where you're already hearing a lot of... But he, here's the point. Let, let's, or at least my, my reaction to all of this, we gave them $6 billion. Now, let's accept that maybe they didn't use those $6 billion to, to do this attack. But the timing of it couldn't have been worse. Oh, of course I mean, not. They're it's... negotiating with us to release hostages. We give them $6 billion. Where they're negotiating with us over a nuclear plan deal. So, I mean, we think they're negotiating in good faith, that they are a country you can believe or sit down with. And then on the other hand, Hamas pulls this off. I mean, maybe I'm too cynical, but I don't like it, Bill. I think you're exactly right. Uh, Hamas is the daughter of, of uh, Iran, as is uh, Hezbollah. And no operation like this could have been pulled off by uh, Hamas without Iran's approval. I agree. I agree. I, I felt that way from the very beginning. Now, there may be others who, in defense of Iran, may say that, you know, maybe there was an, you know, maybe there's a division within Iran, a group of people who didn't want this to happen. You know, I don't know enough about, about it, but an operation of this magnitude just doesn't happen. That's without, exactly Exactly with, right. without the big people knowing what's going on. I mean, it's ridiculous. They had to use, I don't know how many missiles they fired, Bill. Do, do you, do, does anybody know? Uh, it's in the thousands, but I don't okay. know the, what the latest count is. Right. Well, you don't get a thousand missiles to the Israeli border uh, on, oh, those little, on those little trucks. Oh, that it, they it's, clo it's closer to 4,000. Yes. 4,000 was the last figure I heard. Uh, yes, you're absolutely correct. Even supplying them. Now, one, there are commentators who did say there are missile manufacturing facilities in Gaza, and it is possible that they manufacture their own. But I don't know how you do that uh, without somebody hearing the machinery and tipping somebody off. Uh, it, it, that, that doesn't sound right to me. No, Iran clearly approved of this, and they're thumbing their nose at us, as they always have. Uh, the... The government says, or our government says, well, they didn't use the $6 billion for this purpose. But the fact that they knew it was coming in knows that other money could be released. Money is fungible. 
You know, yeah. one the, this six billion goes into the same accounts as uh, as uh, the other money they have. Right. So you know. But I mean, to me, it, it's it, they've demonstrated that they're not a country you can negotiate with because their word doesn't mean anything. On one hand, they're negotiating <laughs> a nuclear deal with you, uh, just to, so so that you know they they can get you off their backs. And then on the other hand, they give you these hostages and they take six billion. How can you trust this country? I mean, how can you actually say there and and trust them again, Bill? I, I I don't trust them. Never did, and I trust them a lot less now. I sure hope that President Biden, you know, drops this Iran nuclear deal and say, hey, we're dropping that for the time being, Bill. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I hope he does too, but I still think that Iran has great influence in the administration. I think they're hoping that as time goes by. Uh, this these pictures will fade and uh, they, they will get back to business with Iran. That, remember, was Obama, Barack Obama's dream, that he would replace Israel with Iran as America's closest ally in the mm-hmm. Middle East, which would comport with his sympathies for Islam, which are pretty obvious, uh, and his dislike of Israel. Uh, I think that idea will not die with this. I think uh, there may be a few expressions of regret as to the way this was carried out. But I think that, you know, time, time does uh, eliminate all news stories. And over right. a period of time, people forget. In World, well, War II, in, in World War II, President Roosevelt was afraid the American people would forget Pearl Harbor. Well, remember 9-11. A lot of people yeah, exactly. have forgotten that, too. Exactly. They've forgotten that, too. Uh, President Obama has been pretty quiet, too. During Hasn't all this made thing. a statement. Yeah, which I thought was very, very interesting. But we will see. Well, another issue that has come out of this uh, attack on Israel, of course, is the border here in the United States and the possibility that some people, you know, connected to Hamas or whatever may have crossed that border. Uh, That has been a a point of conversation. And, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but it's certainly a possibility when you see all those single men walking in in groups into the United States. But yes. President Biden this week uh, announced that he we were going to redo the wall. They had to make a bunch of concessions, I guess, to, to make that happen. And he was met with a lot of skepticism in his own party, as well as from the president uh, of Mexico. But I mean, I think it's the right decision, Bill. Uh, I, I think that especially now after these attacks on, on, on Israel, I hope that terrorism comes back into the picture, Bill. Well, I certainly hope so. Uh, the rebuilding of the wall is the right move. I don't think it will be done well. I suspect it won't be anywhere near enough of a wall to make a difference. Uh, it is being forced by politics and nothing more than politics. Uh, somebody, they have to do something to show their resolve, which they don't have. And uh, if, if the Democrats remain in power, I can't see uh, any real improvement in the situation because they believe that they will eventually benefit from it. They Mm -hmm. know they're being taken to the cleaners now politically because these uh, so-called sanctuary cities are all democratic cities and they didn't realize what being a sanctuary city really meant. Uh, But the the Democratic Party is an ideological party and I think the ideology will return. Now, the mayor of New York... uh, I, is he back to New York yet, or is he still down in? Uh, he uh, he was uh, down in the Caribbean, in the Caribbean area last right. week. I don't know if he has returned. 
because he went down there and, uh, you know, he was met by a lot of skepticism and they were interviewing some people who said they're still coming anyway. Uh, whether he told them there's any room or not, they're still coming anyway. And, uh, and that's because I don't think they think, you know, my impression is I don't think these migrants think that the mayor of New York or the governor of Illinois or whatever are serious about what they're saying. Oh, so I think that's true. Yeah. They're saying, hey, I'm going to get in there and I'll figure out what happens later, but I'm going in. And the mayor of New York can say we don't have any resources or room, but. And, and, and they will say you will find it. You will find it or we will make plenty of trouble for you. And I suspect the resources will be found. Well, another interesting point, too, is the governor of Illinois just said that why are why are these migrants only going to blue cities? Well, they're the ones that declare themselves to be sanctuary cities. Right. You know, that doesn't take too much to figure out, you know, by the by the governor of Illinois. No, but he said it, I guess, on Face the Nation or or whatever. Well, Bill, one last uh, story here that uh, I thought we would be spending a lot more time on this, but uh, obviously the events in Israel had something to do with it. Uh, and that is the Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is going independent. And I read something that he said that it was a difficult decision because he comes from a Democrat family. Uh, and I guess everybody's speculating right now what impact he's going to have, Bill. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what impact he's going to have. It could be 10 points, 15 points, or it could be five points. He could be nothing by the time the election comes around, Bill. That's so I don't right. Know. That's right. The assumption is that he will take points away from Joe Biden because they're both in the same ideological category, both Democrats. Other people say he'll take more votes away from Donald Trump because uh, he's a rebel and Trump is a rebel. And they may have similar fans out there. I don't actually know. My guess is he will take more votes away from Joe Biden if Joe Biden is on the ticket. And that's right. a big if. That's a big if. I think Biden, this is my theory, and it's only a theory. I have no independent information that Biden was counting on an Israel-Saudi Arabia deal to end his presidency. We would have a big ceremony on the White House lawn. Peace has come to the Middle East. And uh, my work is done. And then he would just with, withdraw from the race and go out uh, at what he would think would be a winner. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen now, but uh, it, he could still look. He's in bad shape. He really is. And he could still pull out. He could still withdraw. We're going well, to have a very tumult, tumultuous year, uh, especially if the war in the Middle East explodes into something larger. Right. And, and I think where he's going to be hurt is the image of incapacity, Bill, if I can put it that way. Oh, sure. I mean, I, we all remember President Bush right after 9-11. You know, he was very visible, very much speaking to the country, addressed the Congress right away. I mean, went to New York. Remember the megaphone? We went to New York. Oh, absolutely. Pitch, threw that pitch in Yankee Stadium. I mean, he was very vibrant. Everybody knew he was in charge and very vib vibrant. You don't get that feeling with President Biden. You get the feeling that he's doing whatever he has to do. And I think if, if war does break out in a larger scale, especially if we have to get involved, and that's another possibility, we could be getting involved. Here. Oh, absolutely. If, if, mean, if, if, if any of these forces, terrorist forces, attack Americans in the Middle East, we could easily get involved. Look, we're involved already. We still right. have 
uh, air runs over Syria. Uh, they're they're, they're going to try to restrict it as much as they can, the, the administration. But we could get very involved. We could also have an attack in this country. Yes. That's the other thing, too, that I fear, that this this could all be part of a global effort here. And uh, it's funny because during lunch, I was talking to my wife and we were talking about, uh, you know, what precautions you could, you know, you could take. And uh, my wife and I were talking about there's a in Mexico City, there are several uh, schools, uh, Jewish schools and clubs. And I said, those are exactly the kinds of places that they could attack. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, and remember what they did in Argentina a few years ago, if you remember. Back in the uh, 1990s, yes. That's mm-hmm. right. So the so there's a lot of vulnerable places. It's not going to be all military bases, but they're a lot more effective at attacking these places like a school or a, a university. Absolutely. You know, there's yeah. no question. And it could happen here. We know that there are people who came across the southern border who are on the watch list, the terrorist watch list, and they were let in anyway. Uh, I suspect that there is a cadre of people in this country ready to go. I, I, I agree. And again, it's a scary thing, but uh, I agree uh, totally with you. Well, Bill, there is a, a good thing about this week, and that is the baseball playoffs are going on. So that's a little bit of entertainment uh, yes. to keep us uh, at least uh, – away from all this madness happening in the world. But I want to thank you as always for joining us and giving us your input. And we'll keep a, we'll keep a check on Urgent Agenda every day and read some of your great reports. And uh, I guess next week we'll probably be talking about this. Wouldn't be surprised. I, I think we'll be talking about the same thing. Yes, because this is not going to go away in a couple of days. Thank you, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad to see there's no more water. Right. We're pretty dry here. Yeah, pretty uh, dry. Appreciate your comments, Silvio. Look forward to next time. All right. Thank you so much. Our, our good friend, uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. I always enjoy talking to Bill about everything, but especially his knowledge of foreign policy, his coverage of it. Uh, you can read it, of course, at Urgent Agenda on a daily basis, as I do. But this situation in, in Israel, in the Middle East, could really get out of hand, could really get out of hand very easily. And we could be involved militarily. I mean, that is a fact, I think. I'm not sure we will, but the possibility is there, especially if they start attacking military bases. I mean, they could be attacking military bases in the Middle East. Everything is right now hopefully being protected to its maximum right now because it's uh, it's going to be scary, I think, for the next uh, few months. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.